This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast for our first episode of the new season. Seven new signings have arrived. There's lots of rumours still going about at the moment and ambitions seem to be typically high at Kenworth Road. For our first episode of the season, I'm joined by Jamie Castle and Dylan Bundia on this hot, hot Tuesday evening. Um, I don't know why we decided to do it tonight, but... We are all feeling the impacts of it, but how are you all getting on? I don't know if you're all as bad as me. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Thameslink cancelled all their trains into London, so I couldn't benefit from our office aircon. And I had a few a few colleagues of mine that were um, sort of sort of on on Teams saying like saying how nice it was with the aircon. So it was, that was quite frustrating. But um, thankfully, I had my fan alongside me. Otherwise, I would have uh, melted for sure. Absolutely sweltering, mate. I mean, tomorrow couldn't come sooner and uh, I just can't wait for today to be over, to be honest, because I've just sat here all afternoon absolutely sweltering. But anyway, no, excited about the season. Um, it's keeping me going. Bring on the new season and, and bring on the rain. Um, didn't think I'd be, be calling for it at this point, but here we are. As we said, it's been a quite a productive summer so far. Um, a fair few new arrivals, some... some um, outgoings as well, continuous rumours. Um, it does seem to be in full flow that the summer transfer window. We've also had a few friendlies, so we'll start to look into how we've got on, any kind of patterns that we've seen emerge and any other business so far. So I think it's only fair enough to start with the transfers that have come in. I've grouped them together a little bit. I've, I've Going to start here with Alfie Doughty, Corley Woodrow and Matt Macy because they all came within the same week. Uh, five o'clock on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of whenever it was. I think it was a, a few weeks ago now. But starting with Alfie Doughty, 
um, a player that Nathan Jones really likes, Dylan, um, a, a player that, that you were very excited about, um, somebody that, that can fit in that left wing back role. And we won't go too much into preseason as of yet, but there are positive signs. Yeah, great signing. Um, you know, what a surprise that was and what a way to kick off the window. Um, but almost in a weird way, it wasn't surprising because we've been after him for ages. I think the first link appeared in Jan 2021 and that was confirmed by NJ. Um, but look, he fits the fits everything that we want in a fullback. He's athletic, he gets up and down. He's a good 1v1 player. Um, and, and to be honest, the only concern is, is last season, his, his year was massively disrupted by injuries. But, you know, look what we did with Amari Bell. Amari Bell was an injury-prone player and, and ended up playing, I think, the second or third most minutes for us last year. Um, but yeah, massively, we know we needed to add depth on that left side. Um, and, and we have, which is absolutely fantastic. He's a good age, someone we'll keep improving, someone who's nowhere near his best, like Nathan Jones said. Um, and yeah, what, what a way that was to to kick off the, the summer window, especially in light of, of Cal leaving, to then respond by going and getting Alfie Doughty was a, was a big, big statement, I think. Yeah, because the rumours emerged about Corley Woodrow and um, when sort of the, the announcement came that we were about to sign somebody, I think most put two and two together and thought it would be Woodrow as the first signing. But he was on day two of that sort of spree, um, the spree of, of summer signings that, that ended on the Wednesday with, with uh, Matt Macy. But Corley Woodrow's back 11 years after he left for Fulham. Um, it's just very, very exciting to have Woodrow back and, and perhaps in a new new role, Jamie. Absolutely. I think he's someone that I guess Luton fans have mentioned the last couple of years, but always seemed a bit unreachable for, for Luton Town and in terms of the, the, the sort of club we were and, and the sort of the players that, that we were going after. So to suddenly get him for what's, what sounds like a, a good fee and yeah, to, to have him as our player, as, as an academy sort of lad back, with Luton after the career he's had, he's, he's had a really good championship and, and League One career to date. Um, so to get him, to get him back in, I mean, uh, it, it's it, it's no um, coincidence that we struggled in the playoffs losing, losing Eli, and I think we we just needed a, a, a bit more depth in that in that forward position. And I think yeah, I think he's come into play in that that number ten role behind the strikers, but equally he's, he's just as good up front in in a two as well. There was that period where it was him, DK and Morris at, at Barnsley that just tore teams apart. Um, so obviously now I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to Morris at some point, but we've got two of that three. And I think Adebayo is more than capable of being that that, that DK role as well. So to, to, to have a potential front three that, that could match what Barnsley had in that in that, in that season, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. And that's without even mentioning Harry Cornick and Cameron Jerome. It really is yeah. frightening stuff, our attacking options for the new season. Very exciting. Um, we'll go to the sort of flip end of the pitch and speak goalkeepers now because it was, you know, a big priority area coming into the summer. James Shea out for the unforeseeable future. Um, Harry Eistead, of course, shown some good um, good signs, good glimpses of what he can do in terms of the games he has played. But it, I, think, I think most Luton fans would have agreed that there was going to be two new goalkeeping arrivals and they've done it with one on loan, which was even Horvath, and one as a permanent deal, which was Matt Macy. First of all, we'll speak a little bit about Matt Macy. Again, another player that knows Kenworth Road, someone that speaks very highly of his time at Kenworth Road. 
and with, with Luton now two divisions higher, he's obviously continued his progression. Um, what, what do you think of that as a signing? Yeah, I mean, I think to, to start with, the, 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 that goalkeeper area was certainly an area that everyone knew we needed to get at least one person in, in that role. Um, I think in isolation, I, 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 I do get... I guess fan perspective in terms of it, it being a bit underwhelming in, in isolation if, if it was just Macy on, on, on his own to, to so I guess lose, lose Luger sort of last year and then to have a couple of okay uh, loan signings but then to, to go from that to Shea being injured and then potentially Macy and Eistead, I guess that, that would have been a slight concern but I think now if you add the context actually we've got Horvath on loan as well we've got got two keepers a lot as well as I said that a lot of fans love we've got we've got three keepers really that I don't think anyone would would be too afraid to, to put them in um so it, it, we've definitely strengthened that that goalkeeper department for sure in terms of what's gonna what's gone on before I, I, I think people are over are over egging in terms of that their opinions on on how quite on quite bad he was back back in in our, in our league two game uh, days I mean back then he, he was a young lad. And I, I thought he, he did a right, to be honest. I mean, I, I think we forget that that he got the call by Arsenal to, to go sit on their bench. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he wasn't as bad as, as people made him out to be back then. Since then, he's got 200-odd professional games across various leagues. And he's still, only, he's still only, only 27. So, Nathan has spoken a lot about a lot of our signings about ceilings. And, yeah, as a keeper, you'd say he's nowhere near his ceiling. And then to add to that in terms of his stature as a keeper. I mean, to, to, to have a keeper who's what six foot six foot seven is he? So the, 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 there's lots of factors that point towards actually he, he, he could turn out to be a really good signing. So to get him for a, a really cut fee, yeah, we'll come in to start as a backup keeper, but we're not going to have a situation like, like last year where we are chopping and changing between Shea and Eistead, between Ingram and Steer and, and and so on. So hopefully it nips in the bud and we've got. Well, we've got four keepers in the club and Shea hopefully will be back sooner rather than later. But we've got four keepers in the club, so it's great. And it seems we've also bolstered our attacking midfield options. Um, Louis Watson coming in, whether he is somebody that, that may make an immediate impact, I guess it remains to be seen. But also Luke Freeman, um, Nathan Jones, filling his left-footed midfield quota, I guess, for the year, um, bringing him in. Two, you know, very good signings on paper. Uh, Freeman bringing experience and, and sort of that championship cutting edge. Louis Watson, more unproven, more of a, a youthful talent, somebody that, that's earned rave reviews within the, the academy at Derby and when he has been uh, given the opportunity to play at Derby. So two, I guess, exciting signings at sort of different ends of their careers. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really interested to see what we're doing with our midfield because... You know, we there's been so much. You know, last summer was the talk was all about athleticism and adding athleticism and being more front-footed. And we went and got Alan Campbell, who you know ticked every box in that sense. And then you obviously got Pelly as well alongside him when he's back fit. Um, but see, you know, with with Freeman and Watson, I don't know a great deal about Watson. But what I do know is that you know him and Freeman are two very technically very good players. You know, they're not necessarily these athletes that we've spoken about. You know, a year that we were speaking about a year ago that was so important. And I think it's a kind of been a, it reflects a kind of general theme in our recruitment at the minute, which is, you know, we've, we feel potentially that we've added enough athleticism now. Now we're trying to add those real technicians, in, especially in that midfield. Can we create a little bit more? Can we maybe be a bit less direct? 
um, than last year. Have, can we have some more players in, in that build-up phase? And look, I mean, Luke Freeman was signed by Chris Wilder for the Premier League. You know, obviously it didn't work out, but that just shows the kind of peg- pedigree that he's got. Um, and again, another one that we were after for a while. And, and you know, what, what a brilliant signing. So to have, you know, the likes of him, Clark, Watson, Berry, and then Campbell and Pelly and Lansbury, you know, that is depth. Depth and, and most importantly, I think, depth and, and variation. You know, so many different types of players in there um, that, you know, we can use in different situations and, and just vary our play a little bit more at times as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, and Watson obviously is, a, is at a great age. Um, don't know a great deal about him quality-wise, to be honest, but, you know, great age, someone that we can develop and, and someone that really shores us up, obviously, with Lansbury and Freeman kind of being, you know, the, I think Freeman's about 30, is he? Late 20s, 30. Um, and Lansbury's obviously coming towards the back end of his career as well in that technical midfield role. So, yeah, great signing um, to both of them. And I guess the last player we need to talk about in an incoming sense, we, we've already spoken about him briefly, but Colton Morris, um, a player, again, that just absolutely bolsters everything that we've got in the forward line. Um, we just spoke about it there. Woodrow coming in, um, Harry Cornick still within the club, Cameron Jerome, of course, Elijah Adebayo. Um, I, I don't think it's too biased to say we've got one of the best attacking um, contingencies, best attacking lineups in the in the championship at this stage. And Morris is a player that you know doesn't just provide a, a kind of physical option. He's he's very technical in what he does as well. He's a good reader of the game. Um, he ticks a lot of boxes, I guess. Absolutely, and I, I was going to say exactly that. Going back to what Dylan says in terms of last year, we were all, all, all about getting athletic players to essentially ensure that we were able to be, to be in a game for ninety plus minutes. It was the, it was the aim of that, and 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 then this year we're going down the more technical route. But I think Morris ticks both boxes to have someone that just looks like an animal in terms of just the, the, way, the way he looks in training. I mean, he certainly can can, can bully most centre-halves in this league but then to add to it the fact that if you look at various clips of him his, his, his ability to finish one-on-one from from distance is fantastic so, so to have him in that front line as you say alongside Adebayo who, who we all know what, what he can do Woodrow who, who can play in the turn who can play up top Cornick who, who's, who's very quick okay at, at some times needs, needs to improve his finishing but he, stre- he stretches defences and then you've got the, the old head in, in Jerome, alongside the likes of of, of Musquay and Carlos as well, who are, who are probably on on the fringe of that. But who knows? Um, just in terms of uh, as a, in terms of a six or seven sort of group of players, I think as as forward line gets that that's uh, yeah exciting. Definitely some exciting signings so far. We'll, we'll move on here to a few more rumours. Um, of course, the rumour mill has, has been turning as it usually does at that sort of quick rate. Um, even beyond the seven signings that we've made already, um, links still have been drawn to the likes of Elliot Anderson and, and before he was snapped up by Huddersfield Town, Jack Rudoni. Um, there's, there's also been a, a um, rumour at the start of the window about Callum Wright and that, that we were monitoring his situation and, and given that he's I guess succeeded at Leicester so far in terms of his preseason. It looks like he's he's enjoying um, his his time with the first team. Um, it, it may be the fact that another sort of central midfielder, attacking midfielder, could come in. It's um, it's quite a strange situation when you consider um, the amount of talent we've already added. But 
these players are, are potential players. Well, Callum Wright definitely is. Jack Rudoni would have been with, with resale value. So maybe that's the route we're going down in terms of those ones. But yeah, definitely, definitely interesting to, to hear your thoughts on on whether you could see us making a move for Elliot Anderson or Callum Wright as this as this window progresses. Yeah, I mean, I think going back to your point there, Billy, I think if it was a Jack Rudoni, absolutely, I think going to Nathan's point of safeguarding the future of of the club, I think Jack 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 Rudoni would have, would have done that as someone that you could have got for a, a de- decent fee for a guy of his of his age, but to get him in the resale value that that could have come with that would have been enormous. But on the other hand, to get either Anderson or Whiten on loan, it sort of goes against that a bit. And I think when you've got Elliot Thorpe, when you've got Louis Watson, I'm not saying they're by any means as good as Elliot Anderson as, as we sit today. But I think when you've got the depth in the midfield, that the, all the names that, that, that were being read out with, with Berry and Clark and Pelly and Lansbury and, and, and Campbell, I don't, I don't think we necessarily need a, a loan in that position. Um so I think it it would it would be a waste. As good as Elliot Anderson has looked last year at, at Bristol Rovers, I think it would be a, a bit of a, of a waste um, it, to me. Anyway, yeah, I agree with Jamie there. I think um, we've we've filled that ten role. We've got you know we've got Clark, Woodrow, Berry, and Carlos Mendes Gomez, and who can all play there. And I think if we did get in Anderson, either his minutes would be very limited or. Um, you know, Carlos would leave or go on loan or something like that because you know he just wouldn't play. Um, so I think it's important. You know, we've we've what we've done this transfer window is raised the ceiling of the squad, um, but also filled out a little bit at, at, at the at the you know raised the raised the floor a little bit as well with some real good development options. And I think if we if we bring in any more in that position in there, I I just don't see them impacting things unless obviously you know a couple of players a couple of players left. But once we signed Woodrow, I think. You know, Woodrow does a similar-ish kind of role to to Radoni and his strengths in terms of being in the right place at the right time, attacking the box from deep, being that second striker. Um, you know, once we signed Woodrow, I think we filled that that kind of profile. Yeah, I think I guess to to add to that, I think if anything, our midfield is imbalanced towards like attacking midfielders. I think if anything, we need a more defensive midfielder. I mean, Alan Campbell, you know by now, I love him. But in terms of if 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 he's there to sit in a two alongside a Jordan Clark or Luke Freeman, he seems a bit restricted. So I think to to, to maybe get a more defensive-minded midfielder alongside him, I think Alan McCormack at twenty-five, for example. I think if we could get someone like him, then absolutely by all means go for it. But to get an, to get another attacking midfielder, I think Carlos has shown a, a lot of quality. So I'd just rather just give him the minutes. Yeah, as you say, Carlos Mendes Gomez, Admiral Musque still at the club. Dion Pereira showing positive signs as well mm-hmm. during this pre-season. Uh, definitely a lot of more attacking inclined midfielders as opposed to, as you say, they're more defensive minded ones. Um, we'll go to the outgoings now. There's been you know three one three that really really stand out. Starting with Cal Naismith, all the way back in May, uh, seems years ago now um, when when that happened. Shock to us all. Um, Bristol City, the destination as well. I guess that was a shock before fully reading into the situation and understanding the situation. No um, no hard feelings or anything that going that way. Um, you fully do understand the situation, but he will be a big blow. Um, Dylan, I, I know how much you've spoken positively about his, his ball-carrying abilities. 
um, his ability to progress the play in terms of his passing as well, um, defensively as well. I think he, he grew as a defender as the season progressed. So a player that's going to be difficult to, to um, replace if we do go down the route of replacing a direct kind of alternative. Yeah, um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think anyone needs to say how good he he was for us last year. There's a reason why he was our player of the season, and you know, it was recognised throughout the EFL amongst everyone as being an absolutely outstanding player. But look, you know, we we couldn't offer him the contract that Bristol City offered him, and the length of the contract as well. And and that's that's business that happens. Um, you know, he's got a family to look after, and absolutely no issues whatsoever with with that from his end. Um, but yeah, you know, we. I, I like the idea of playing Amari Bell at left centre back. I think it suits his his quality quite a lot. If you watched us with with the way we used him at left wing back quite a lot last season, it was actually a bit narrower because he's so good at finding those forward passes into the likes of Elijah. With then quite and that was kind of towards the back end of the season with Potts at left centre half overlapping and opening up that that forward channel. And we used him quite narrow because he's such a good creator. So actually in possession, I think it suits him um, fairly well as that left of the three. Um, being a bit narrower and then obviously out of possession playing left centre back is very similar to, to what he's done his whole career which is playing um, you know left of a four you know the defensive space is, is pretty much the same so I think he can do it but we could definitely do with another body definitely given Doughty's um, injury record Bells obviously has a slightly patchy injury record but last season was fine so that's not really a concern so I think that yeah definitely we could do with a, a left centre back um, a left sorry a left footed left centre back um, and I know, you know, NJ is very, very big on, on having a good balance of left-sided players in the squad. Um, but again, you know, obviously with, with Brexit, with the, the crazy rules that we have now on signing players from abroad, you have to look pretty much predominantly within the, the British market. And, and, that's, and then the, you look there and there's very few left-sided centre-backs um, who are available for the right price and the right ability and so on. So it's difficult. Um, but hopefully we can get someone in a left, left-footed centre-half who can who can play that role. But I think amongst that left centre, left, left foot centre half, Bell and Doughty, that's a good, good left side of, of the defence that we've got. And shuffling across to, to sort of right side options, right wing back, right sided centre back, Peter Chioso departed. And again, one that I think we can all understand, um, given that he was never really first choice, a, a player that I think we can all agree again, that is of championship quality. Um, deserves to be playing more regular football in the championship, but at Luton he, he found himself down the pecking order, and, and there's not too much you can do about that, I guess. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of Pete and, and what he's done for Luton, he's, he, whenever he's put that shirt on, he, he gave everything, and I don't think anyone can, can doubt that and, and doubt his commitment to, to Luton, and, and that's the sort of players that we need at the club. Um, he, he's obviously said said publicly before that he, he, want, he wants to play and I, I, I don't think anyone can can sort of have a go at him for that so he's, he's found the club in the championship which I think absolutely he, he is a championship player but it's it so happens we've got James Bree who's one of the best wing backs in the league and we've got Reese Burke and Tom Lockyer who both together are fantastic right side of the centre half so you've got three players across two positions that are in front of him so he yeah he, he wasn't going to get the minutes that that he that he needed to at, at that stage of, of his career so yeah absolutely i mean thanks pete and uh good luck really 
Yeah, it's an interesting one because, again, he's going into a system, I I think anyway, at Rotherham where, where it's likely to be five at the back. Is he going to be deployed more as a right wing back or has he shown enough uh, as a right-sided centre-back to, to go there and, and uh, do well in that, that position? I know Paul Warren, rec- well, not recently, but last year they, they had been looking at more attacking-minded uh, right wing backs, so maybe a scope for Kyoso to, to progress more as a central defender. That's not our problem. That's not our uh, our uh, sort of reason to find out anymore. Um, yeah, as we say, we, we wish him the best of luck. Apart from two games next year, um, we'll go on now to Elliot Lee, which um, very surprising, but at the same time, I can see why he has gone to Wrexham. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to put it. Um, a player that, that, again, the project is there to rise up the leagues. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to be an interesting one to see how him, uh, the likes of Ollie Palmer, Paul Mullen, get on in, in the National League again next year. Having, you know, someone as creative, someone who can score goals, someone as intelligent as Elliot Lee for, for National League level. Um, yeah, they could be on to the winning formula finally at Wrexham. Absolutely bonkers. The conference is just <laughs> bonkers. I mean, how can you be in the conference and have a front three of Elliot Lee, Paul Mullin and Ollie Palmer? Like, just how? I, I mean, for a fair play, they've obviously offered him a good contract and, and fair enough. But, you know, I mean, Wrexham aren't going to go up automatically next season because Notts County are going up. So, um, but but anyway, I mean, I don't really know what to say, to be honest, because Elliot Lee's a top League One player. I mean, if you think back to when we got promoted out of League One, I think at Christmas, he was like the most informed player in League One. He was just scoring goals for fun. In Europe, Assists for fun. Yeah, he was like top. He was just in that number 10 behind Hilts and Collins and Korek. Yeah. And, and he just, he made it look easy. And now he's gone to the conference. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Look, I, something needs to change about the way we do the conference because there's no way that that three should be anywhere near a conference team. There's no way Elliot Lee should be near it. But I mean, good luck to him. You know what? Like, if they get promoted out of league out of the conference, then I, yeah, they could go up the next year, and they probably should go up the next year. Um, but yeah, well, uh, we'll see how that plays out because I mean, Marlin Palmer and Lee plus Bentoza in one team in the conference is just a bit mental, to be honest. But that's the way it is at the minute, I think. Definitely, definitely um, interesting to see how those three will get on next season. Um, also going to look here about the, the futures of some Luton players. Um, I guess we, we've recruited well, but that comes at a cost of that the players might need to go out on loan or be permanently offloaded. I guess the big three in this conversation, um, as things stand, you probably add Elliot Thorpe into that as well. Um, I guess that, that, that really depends on what Jones sees uh, his position being next year. But we start off with Dion Pereira. Um, enjoyed a very, very sort of successful spell with Bradford. Um, captured the hearts of most at the League Two club and seems to have done very well so far in pre-season. Um, he looks to have broken a few um, opposition's ankles so far as well. Some of the videos that have come out, it's... Uh, Quite impressive, really. Um, but again, he's been playing more of a prominent role in this preseason than before. So, guess if we are to loan him out again, it, it sort of has to be a top top end, maybe um, mid table league one club where he's going to see regular minutes. 
yeah, I think Dion's got a lot of potential. I think the only issue is 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 where do you play him in in our current tactical setup, right? And I think that that, that question is is applicable to to a few other players that we've got at the club as well. But um, in terms of potential, I think absolutely he's a great player. I mean, I mean, Bradford fans clearly love him because anything that Luton posts about Dion, they're in the comments saying please like can we have him back on loan or something. So. Um, yeah, as a player, I think there's absolutely no doubt in his ability. The, the games that I've seen in pre-season, he's been been class. But it's just, just where do you play him? I mean, realistically, you think in in the ten behind the strikers is probably going to be where 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 he's best potentially. But then you've got second half. I think he played left back in a diamond, which is just like what the hell. Um, so yeah, who knows? In terms of him as a player, yeah, I think he. He deserves at least League One loan next season. But if if we can find space for him, then it, it, I think it'd be good to keep him around. Because Dylan, I think you've made this point before that that when we done a lot of our recruitment last year, um, you may not have made this point. I might be making this up completely and throwing it on you. But um, it seemed that we did recruitment um, to to maybe satisfy a, a different kind of system. Um, the players we did bring in, I know Dion Pereira was brought in before that, but some of the signings, uh, Carlos Mendes Gomez and, and Admiral Musquay, perhaps uh, fitted a different system better to the one that we eventually stumbled upon like, uh, with, with Cal Naismith coming in and, and playing as a left side centre back and, and seeing a lot of success within a back five. So, do you think that's kind of hindered his progress? Yeah, massively. I mean, I mean, Dion is is right winger. Um, and when you don't play a right winger in your team, you're not going to play. And, and that's really unfortunate because, again, you know, I think we're seeing that what a brilliant piece of recruitment that was to get him for free and what a talented player. But I guess the question is, are we the right place for him to achieve his full potential? Now, my gut right now would say no, because he's not. if he's in the squad at the start of the season, he's not going to play um, because there's so many players ahead of him at the minute and he's not going to fit into our system either. So... It's a really tricky one with him because he's so talented. And it's the same with Carlos and, and Admiral. Yeah, 100%. Um, those guys were, were brought in and NJ's mentioned it, that with the view to playing 4-3-3 and having wingers and players like Fred as well, because Fred is, is at his best in uh, you know, high and wide on the left. Um, so, you know, that has hindered Dion's progress, Admiral Musquay's progress, Carlos's progress. Um, and it's really, it'll be really interesting to see what we do because the three-five-two was so successful for us last season, um, and there were really logical reasons why we kept playing it because it was fantastic. Would that change now with Naismith leaving potentially? Because obviously we haven't got that natural left-sided centre back. Um, potentially, yeah, and that would be really interesting then to see how that impacts the likes of Carlos and Admiral and and Dion Pereira. Um, but at the minute, you know, I, it's a bit like Sam Nombe. You know, Sam Nombe came in, a good piece of recruitment, good young player good qualities but it just wasn't the right pathway for him to be successful went to Exeter and and he's now got promoted with them to to League One so you know and he'll come good in League One I'm sure so it's another one where it's like are we the right place for Dion Pereira to really get be his best right now we're probably not um and that's a difficult fact to accept but you know I hope that we, we can find space for him but it's not looking too likely for me at the minute then going on to Admiral Musquay Dylan um you've uh, spoken very, very highly of, of Admiral Musquay. And of course, he has shown glimpses of what he can do. Had a very, very disrupted season last last time out with injuries and then going to AFCON and, and just other external factors hindering his progress. But 
given given the attacking quality we, we've added already, not just in the striking role, but attacking midfield and, and I guess all around those, those forward areas, is he someone that, that's maybe at risk of, of not making the 25-man squad? Uh, well, not 25-man not squad, but the 18-man squad week in, week out. Is he somebody that, that may... Um, you know, is he someone that could benefit off a loan loan spell away? Yeah, uh, yeah, potentially. I mean, I have no doubt about him. He'll he'll turn out good. Um, he'll be a championship player, um, no problem at all. But again, it's the same question with Dion. Is like, are we the right place for him right now? And you know, we've signed Carlton Morris, we've signed Corley Woodrow, we've got Cameron Jerome, we've got Elijah Adebayo, we've got Harry Cornick, we've got Carlos, we've got Jordan Clark. You know, we've got all these players um, who play in similar positions to him. And again, you know, I, I think a lot happened last season where he just couldn't get any rhythm. And when he did get a little bit of rhythm and looked, you know, like he was really starting to pick up steam, then he, he had to go to AFCON, um, which was really frustrating. But potentially, yeah, potentially he might need a loan move away um, to just get those minutes because you could just see it when he was on the pitch. He didn't feel, he didn't look really confident in himself. He didn't look like he was playing that real kind of belief. Um, and that's just because he hasn't played. So potentially, yeah, potentially, you know, it might be good for a loan. I really hope it works out for him and we end up playing him and he scores goals because he will score goals and he will create chances and he's a championship player, in my opinion. Um, but potentially, you know, right now for, for his development, it, it, it might be the right time for him to, to get a loan until Christmas and then reassess there. I think if he, if he gets regular minutes in the championship, everyone will see what a championship player he was, like when he was at Wickham. He was outstanding for Wickham in the championship. Um, there's no reason why he can't do that for us. And we'll go on to our, our pre-season talisman, that is Dan Potts. Um, a player who scored two goals already. wonder what he can do. He'll be on to double figures at this rate in the, in the championship. But on a serious note, um, you know, I guess he fits the, the, the bill, I guess, in terms of being a left-footed um, centre-back, because I probably do class him now as a centre-back as opposed to, to a wing-back and using the, the current system that's in place. Um, it's more likely that if he is to stay with us throughout the summer, it will be the left-sided centre-back role that he'll be trusted in more. Um, I guess the question is, is he someone that, that can play in the Cal Naismith role? I know he's not a similar player in terms of what both bring to the table, but is he somebody that could fit in as a left-sided centre-back and maybe rely on, on Reese Burke to be that more sort of progressive type of defender? I think if you'd have, if you'd have asked me that question about four weeks ago, I would have said no. Um, but he, I mean, he, the way he's looked in pre-season, he's, he's looked he's looked okay. I mean, he, I think physically he seems to have bulked out a little bit, which um, is good. The fact that he probably is a, a bit stronger in that back three. Um, I, I think it's a case of for me if if we could find a suitable left left foot centre back in the market that can come in and and be a starter, then I think that that might be the the trigger to to let. Pots go, but in, in in the meantime, if if we have to start the season with Pots, and if we have to finish the season with Pots as as one of two left footers and halves with Bell as well, I don't think it's a, a massive problem. I think clearly we, we, we could improve, but I don't think what one player in in a team of eleven is going to be too harmful to our chances this season. Put it this way: if, if we don't make the playoffs this season, it it won't be because we've got Dan Potts in that in that left side of centre half well. So I think it's a case of, yeah, if we can get better for a good fee or a good loan, then absolutely, I think we will do that. But in the meantime, if we've got pots sticking around with Bell, 
there's no issue. I agree with that. I think, you know, Potts was, when he came in, no problem at all. I mean, we beat Preston 4-0 with Potts, Kyoso and Bree in the back three. Uh, you know, I think Potts has always come in and done a great job. And when you're thinking about the squad, you want your ceiling raisers and your floor raisers. And Potts is a floor raiser. You know, he's, he's not one of the best players in the squad, but when he comes in, he does a good job. And that's what you want with your backup players. And, and he'll be on a lower wage in terms of how we the wage bill. So that's no problem at all. Um, I think he's an excellent squad player to have, especially given he's a left-footed player and left-footed centre-half. Um, I think Potts is a great player to have around. We'll go on now to um, a couple of things we've noticed in pre-season. Um, Jamie, I'll come to you first because you pointed out and I was quite slow to, to even realise that it happened, but um, we sort of noticed and it's happened since Elliot Thorpe as a right wing-back option, um, I guess after Peter Kioso leaving. Um, Jordan Clark's been deemed as a, a right wing back option in the past. Fred Onyedimma has impressed as a wing back before, but you know, is this a, a opportunity for for Thorpe to get closer to the first team, being a right wing back sort of alternative to to James Bree at this stage? And, and what's your early impressions of, of how he's fared up in that position? Yeah, well, I I said to you, um, putting Thorpe at right wing back is exactly why we're not in, in Nathan's position because I think if you'd have polled the Luton fan base to try and put a, a random player in a random position I'm not sure anyone would have put Thorpe at, at right wing back um, but then to see it in the flesh I mean okay it was only Hitchin but I thought he did alright I mean in terms of physically getting up and down the wing um, I think it, it, obviously it, it's, a, it's a strange position for him but now we've sort of had time to digest it I don't think it's, it's it's the craziest thing in the world. I mean, there's been a lot of players in the past, I believe, that that were centre mids and and have been converted to sort of fullbacks before. Um, I mean, if you look at James Milner at Liverpool, right, where obviously James Milner is is a central midfielder, but he, he's filled in a left back a lot of times for Liverpool. Um, so a, a, a bit of a, of a drastic comparison, but it shows that it can be done. Um, so yeah, I think it, it, it's an interesting one. I think we'll, given the fact that, that we've lost Kyoso and Bree clearly is the number one wing back at the club, and we'll likely and we, and we won't get anyone as good as Bree to, to sort of be to be a backup for Bree. I think it's it's one to I guess roll with. I think Bree's availability to do last year was really good. Um, so to an extent, I think you can you can bank on him getting thirty five plus games. But at the same time, you probably do need to think about what if. Um, so if Thorpe is one of the, the what-if options, then um, that's well with it. And another um, another thing I picked up from that hitching game, again, that, that's been present since, is when Gabriel Osho has been playing. Um, obviously, we've spoken a lot about the sort of technical abilities he brings. Again, a very progressive um, a player that, that keeps possession very well, but it's also bold. And one of the sort of bold um, showings so far is um, I guess it's becoming quite quite a theme. Is he's uh, balls over the top to Alfie Doughty. Alfie Doughty being very very quick. Um, it seems that the pair of them have, have gained this sort of understanding already. Um, and as we've said already, Osho very accurate in his passing, very bold as well. Um, but it's a uh, it's something that's worked already. I know again, like Jamie said, it's only against Hitchin, but. I guess it's a common early theme that, that can only get better in time. Yeah, it's a big, big year for Osho. I think he's he dropped off the radar a little bit because he got injured after the Chelsea game against Middlesbrough, um, which which ended the season, which was really unfortunate. But 
you know, we, we started to see a really, really good centre-half in there. Um, and I think, yeah, it's going to be a massive year for him because I think he can be such an important player for us. Um, and it was such a shame he got injured. But hopefully, again, in a, a bit of a similar way to the way we're trying to help out Elijah, adding depth around him and then being able to rest him at the right times. You know, we won't have to play Osho three times in a week, including holding midfield against Chelsea, you know, marking Mason Mount and then expected to go again on a Saturday against Middlesbrough. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can give him that support. And, and yeah, but he's going to be massive because um, he put in some massive performances last season and then just got injured at completely the wrong time when he was just starting to peak. Um, but yeah, very excited to watch him this year. He's going to be really good for us, I think. Yeah, I um, I really, really like Osho. And going back to what Dylan was saying about uh, Dion, to get Osho on a free is just ridiculous business. Um, and I, I think... <laughs> I like him better at this, at this stage in, the, in his career. I think he needs to nail down a position. It, it, don't get me wrong, it's really useful to us, the fact that he can play uh, middle of the three, right of a three, DM, he plays centre mid, and, and Nathan was saying about maybe playing him at, at wing-back as well. But I think for him to really progress, I think he really needs to nail down a, a one spot in the team. Um, just, just for that consistency, it's just for that, that consistency more than anything, really, to... To, to sort of not confuse him with too many instructions to be like, Gabe, this, this, this is your role, now stick with it. Um, and last year, we obviously, we, we lost um, Bradley for large periods of the season. Uh, and I think we, we, we missed him at times because we, we, we tried Lockyer there, we tried Burke there, I think we, we, we moved Cow inside a little bit. And again, to have someone that, that can step up in, 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 Brad, in Bradley's absence and really nail down that, that middle of the three is, uh, is, is vital for us. And then the, the third and final development we'll speak about for now is Corley Woodrow as a number 10. As we've mentioned already, we've, we've bolstered our, our striking options massively. Um, Woodrow operating as a number 10 when he came on against Hitchin, also operating there against Northampton. And I'm pretty sure he, he also played there in our, our friendly over in Slovenia against SK Bravo. Is that who they are? SK NK Bravo. Bravo, I think. NK Bravo. I knew that was a kid. No, okay. But yeah, it's becoming a bit more of a theme now. Um, make perfect sense given his sort of creative abilities, his ability to, to read the game very well. Um, I guess the connection he's developed with um, Colton Morris as well. It does make sense. Something, Dylan, that you can imagine continuing to, to work as the season progresses, something that, that can be- perhaps become stronger or, you know, given that the talent that we've also got in attacking midfield areas is he someone that again could be pushed up to, to play as a forward and, and bring the likes of Freeman or Louis Watson or, or stretching things back a little bit further Dion Pereira to come in um, there's a lot of options there for you to digest but um, yeah just tell me your thoughts yeah I mean Woodrow that's yeah in that 10 role is, is where we want him in, in my opinion I think you know, we look to really stretch the play with athletes, Carlton Morris, Adebayo, Jerome, Cornick, and then Woodrow just picking those little pockets just behind them. You know, we can play into his feet, he can find space between the lines, but then just be an absolute sniper around the box. And that's what he's done in League One. He's done it in the Championship. Obviously, last year, he, had, he was disrupted by injury and also was just playing in a terrible team. Um, but, but, for, but, you know, throughout his career, he's someone, you know, who's always shown the ability to to score more goals than the chances uh, that are, that he creates for himself sh- that he should so basically he overperforms his expected goals um 
and yeah i mean we, we you know nj again talking about you know we just want to add that bit of quality in that final third and that cutting edge and that ruthlessness corley woodrow fits that bill 100 percent. you know when he was at barnsley in that year under um, valor and ishmael where they got to the playoffs he was playing just behind daryl dk with with carlton morris or, or with um with some others in that pocket as well and just finding those little spaces and being really clever around the box and clinical around the box I think, like, think about um, Hilton's goal against Derby at home, where we played long into Jerome, was it? Yeah, Jerome, then set it back, and then Hilton's just there in that pocket. That's where Corley Woodrow's going to live, um, and that's where he's, he's at his best in that pocket, where we stretch the play, and then he finds that space just, just in front of the defence, and that's where he's going to be clinical. So, yeah, brilliant signing, number 10, um, absolutely. Can play in the front too, but I think just behind the strikers is, is where he's most effective. Speaking about all this, just cannot wait for the season to get started now and do this all over again. As we as we said, we're all ambitious about what the new season can possibly hold and, and we just want to get it all started once again. But that is all for today's episode. Big thank you to the pair of you for joining on such a warm evening. Um, I'm still, you know, considering how I'm going to sleep tonight. It's going to be going to be a difficult one but um, as mentioned before this summer we've made a few changes to Oak Road Hatter um, we've added two new writers we've also created a Facebook page so check out Oak Road Hatter on Facebook to keep up with the latest of our content um, we've also done a general refresh of other aspects of the website the podcast and all other bits so make sure to keep your eyes out on the socials but until next week it's goodbye from us days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport powered by fans.